Welcome to Steeping Around, sponsored by the Maya Tea Company. I am your host, Manish Shah, and we are talking all things tea. Joined in studio today by Sarah Price, editor of the show, as well as Lisa Durfus, co-host. How are you, Lisa? I am doing great. Thank you very much. How are you? I am doing well. Hope your Valentine's Day preparations are coming along. Okay, silence. <laughs> nice. There you go. Well, perhaps we'll keep both of our Valentine's Day preparations off the air, eh? <laughs> yes. Never know where that's going to go. Well, we actually have a couple of reasons to celebrate. This is our 100th show. Woohoo! Yeah. I'm glad to be breaking the centennial mark, but I don't really feel 100. Really? No. Well, guess what? I am not 100 because I think, as everyone knows, this is probably the 12th show for me, so I am 12. And you, you behave right that ahead. way. Yeah, you, <laughs> you and you go... behave like a 12-year-old. And sometimes you behave like a... <laughs> there you go. Nice. Way to put me in the corner. Well, today we're actually not going to celebrate our Hunter show because no. we want to stay on our topic, which is tea leaf reading and tassiomancy. We'll get into that in a second. But on our next show, we are definitely going to celebrate 101, and we'll break out the horns, and we'll break out the uh, mimosas, apparently, as Sarah says, and present a blooper show. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun to celebrate that way. And what is kind of funny is, even though this is only like my 12th show, Sarah has managed to accumulate quite a few bloopers of, of you. mine. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because you're just that funny. Sad but true. Well, we're going to continue this week with our interview with Amy Taylor. If you've been listening the last two weeks, you are in the know. But if you haven't, you definitely want to go back and listen to what she had to say. We really covered the topic of tassiomancy, the science of tea leaf reading, in detail. She told us where tea leaf reading comes from, the history of it, what the process of a typical tea leaf reading is, what things you can learn when you're experiencing a reading. And she even had some predictions last week about things that she was noticing in her readings for 2013, which I thought was really interesting. So there's definitely a lot of material that you'll want to listen to in our last two shows. But today we are going to switch gears and talk more about the tea itself, the leaves. What kinds does she use? Where are the shapes and the symbols coming from and what do they mean? Also, what types of varieties should a tea leaf reader use? In your research, Lisa, did you find anything specific about what types of tea or what types of leaves that tea leaf readers prefer to use? You know what? I don't really recall getting anything out of like having to use a specific type of tea, black, long, whatever. But I found that they prefer to use loose leaf. Versus tea bag tea. Correct. Okay. Well, let's take a listen to what Amy has to say about the specifics of the leaves that she uses and why. So let's talk about what are you looking for in the cup. Signs, symbols, meanings. I mean, are you looking for shapes, loops, triangles? Oh, it's a bit of all of that. Triangles are interesting because triangles usually show you direction. Triangles would be like an arrowhead, right? Pointing you a direction, either up, down, sideways, whatever. Those generally will show up because it shows the person is pushing forward to me. That's what it means. Here's the other disclaimer. <laughs> um, when it comes to what a symbol means, I'm not following mm -hmm. anybody's definitions but my own. Oh, so I'm not following what's written in any book. I'm going by my own intuition and gut instinct. And I'll tell you, probably about 95% of the time, it's bang on. So does a triangle for one person mean a triangle for another? Does a swirl for one person mean a swirl for another? Or are you simply reading each signature individually? 
Yes and no. It's not that easy an answer. Again, it also is based on what else is happening in that cup. How much white space is between these symbols? How much is happening all at the same time? Is there a move in house? Is there a large amount of money that's coming in attached to these directionals that I'm seeing? Is there a clock? I've been seeing a lot of clocks that are showing up hugely in readings. Circles for me are always a completion. Coming full circle, it's a completion. Whenever you see a clock, it's like timing is of the essence. You need to be on the ball with that, you know. An anchor, for example, that's another one that's been showing up a lot. Anchors literally mean you're being anchored by something. Okay, so these are all shapes that do show up. So there are some universality to them, but at the same time, there's some individual interpretation involved underneath as well. There's a lot because, remember I said something about the white space. Well, with reading the white space in between all of these lines and symbols and so on, et cetera, that you're seeing in the cup, I'm also reading your energy signature. Okay. Yeah, sure. Right? So what you have left me behind, my sensitivity is able to pick up more intuitively than you would be able to see just in the cup alone. And that's part of what developing your abilities is about, is actually understanding your own ability for intuition. Again, trusting that gut instinct. All right, so let's get into the specifics of the leaves themselves. I'm going to go out on a limb, probably not a very long one, and assume that you don't use any tea bags or leaf from tea bags. Interestingly enough, I do not. However, there are a lot of traditional tea leaf readers, and especially ones from Britain, that will use bagged tea. So they'll break open a bag and they'll actually use that because it's what's available to them. So it can be used that way. Now, I'm a bit of an elitist. I like to use whole leaf tea. I'm very happy with that. And I also think it's better for you anyway, but just the same. You know, if I'm actually going to be doing a reading for someone, I want to make sure that they're going to have the best quality tea so I can give them the best quality reading. I have to tell you, the fact that you told me yes on the tea bag thing, you just hurt me a little bit there. I'm sorry. It was not intentional. It was not intentional. <laughs> it's quite all right. So let's let's talk about the different types of tea. So I'm glad you're an elitist. I'm glad you're using loose leaf tea, and then we can move on to the different types of tea that you use. Okay. White, green, herbal, oolong, black. I have in the 25 years that I've been a reader, I've used all of the above. You want to know what my favorite is right now? What is your favorite? Rooibos. Ooh, an herbal tea. Yeah. You know why? It's smaller leaf, better spread in the cup. Right. They form all kinds of shapes. I can see that. I also have used CTC teas, but my problem is that it gets very murky Mm -hmm. just because it breaks down so much faster, the leaf. The other reason why I'm using an herbal tea is because in a lot of cases, I have tea sitting in a pot for a longer period of time than what you would want, a black, green, white, oolong, pu'er, any kind of tea to be sitting because it gets bitter. Hmm. So let's let's talk about this because, you know, when you look at white tea, you're talking about these really big leaves. Oh, they're gorgeous. They're though. gorgeous, and they form all these shapes and sizes. And then when you're talking about an oolong, oftentimes you're talking about a tea that's, and, and I'm going to use this word, probably not something that's an industry standard, something that's been nuggeted, something that's, yeah. that's really closed, fist-like, maybe even some green teas like a gunpowder. They're tight. You have to give them time to unfurl and dance and do their thing. It's just gorgeous, and I, I love watching those teas do that, me personally. Yeah, you can use those teas. And the reason why I mentioned that you can still use them is because some readers really enjoy the larger leaf teas because they create shapes themselves, the leaves. Mm. So instead of actually having the leaves, like little leaves, a whole bunch of them, like you would with the rooibos, the larger leaf will actually create its own shape. Sometimes it's much more magical that way as well. When I teach my workshops, 
about tea and stuff like that. I bring all kinds of different brick teas and puer teas. And so as part of your practice, do you believe that teaching tea is a crucial element to it? Absolutely. You should know your tool. You should know your tool inside out. Very, very good. I spend at least an hour and a half in my workshops about tea. I think it's really important for people to understand where it comes from, how it's made, some of the nuances with different ones. I mean, if I went into all of the teas that I think would be appropriate, I could spend a day on it. Oh, I know. I know. I teach tea all over the country. I could talk for hours. And it's just such a beautiful, beautiful plant. So it kind of did hurt a little bit to hear that people were using tea bag cut tea. Well, I know. But I get on a certain level what she was saying. You have to use what's available. It just seems to me that the tea bag cut tea would be so clumpy that it would like stick together that it wouldn't have sort of the free-flowing uh, nature agree. that you'd want. But, you know, if they're doing it and they're doing a great job, who am I to say because I'm not a tea leaf reader. So, But this idea of me not being a tea leaf reader is interesting from the point of view that she says that almost anyone can be a tea leaf reader. Right. And I did, you know, a little bit of research prior to this whole series. And that was one of the things that I came away with was that even I, Lisa Dervis, could be a tea leaf reader. And basically because everything is very consistent in the meanings. So what do you mean by consistent in the readings? Well, what I gathered from Amy, and I thought this was really interesting, is that she basically was saying that she just interprets the symbols based on more of her psychic ability. What I found out when I was doing the research is that every symbol will always mean the same. It has to be consistent throughout. And so that's kind of conflicting a little bit. Yes. But that's why I came away with the idea that I could even be a tea leaf reader is because every symbol is basically going to be the same. Like, don't hold me to this, Amy, but a diamond, I believe, represents money. Or a cross is going to mean the same thing, regardless of who's reading it. And yes, I understand that there's going to be a little bit of interpretation in there based on maybe the space in between the symbols. I get all that. But my understanding was that every symbol basically has the same meaning and isn't open to interpretation too terribly much. Well, maybe it's sort of a 50-50 split. Yeah. Like, like there's some universalities to the symbols, but then what those symbols mean in each person's lives is subject to the intuition of the reader. So right. it's certainly an evolving art, especially for a person like Amy who's been doing it for a while. Perhaps she started with a more, I don't want to say rigid set of interpretations, right. but a preconceived notion about those interpretations. And as she's done it for so long, she's gotten better at it and feels more comfortable to add her own zest, if you will, to the interpretation so that it can be a little finer and a little bit more accurate for the person receiving the reading. And that makes sense. And I would kind of like to ask her, when she first started out doing this, was she more rigid, as you put, or regimented? I mean, obviously, she has more of a psychic ability or intuitive ability than, let's say, me. Right. So maybe she never had to do that. Well, we can certainly email her and we can find out. But in the meantime, maybe we should test your psychic ability and have you do tea leaf readings. What would be funny is to revisit what your reading might be, say, three months there, if you're still here on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, very If funny. I haven't killed you yeah. yet. No, seriously, I actually am going to try to do a little bit more research on this so I could actually come in and try to read your leaves. And Sarah's. I think it would be fun. I agree with you. If any of you are interested in getting any of the leaves that we have talked about, you can certainly find wonderful loose leaf teas on our website mayatea.com that's www.maya.tea.com be sure to use the discount code steep that's s-t-e-e-p so you can get a 15 percent discount for being a listener of the show 
When we come back, we're going to tell you how you can find yourself a good tea leaf reader. Apparently, all I have to do is ask Lisa, but <laughs> it may not be quite as easy for the well, rest the of you. Well, the operative word was good. Yeah, well, we'll see how that works out. So stay with us. We'll be right back here on Steeping Around. Hello everyone, this is Nick coming at you from the Maya Tea Company. Although most of my work is limited to assisting the company at the local Tucson farmers markets, the benefits in working in and around the Maya Tea Company are many. When I first started to work here, it dawned on me that they had a huge supply of yerba mate, which just happens to be my favorite stimulating beverage. It felt as though I was right at home. When I used to do a lot of travel and keeping long hours playing in a band and going to college, Yerba Mate was my beverage of choice. I've been drinking Yerba Mate for years now, and I appreciate that it doesn't make me quite as jittery as coffee. It has a host of vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, amino acids, and the list goes on. Working for the Maya Tea Company in the Tucson Farmers Markets requires that you are on your A-game at all times. And for me, Yerba Mate is the perfect beverage to assist with that. So the next time you're in the market for purchasing some of the finest yerba mate, visit us at mayatea.com. And don't forget to enter the coupon code STEEP to receive 15% off. Thank you so much. back to Steeping Around. I am your host, Manish Shah, and we are talking all things tea. Joined in the studio by co-host Lisa, talking about tassiomancy, the science of tea leaf reading. If any of you have any questions about tassiomancy, we can certainly send an email on to Amy Taylor, who can answer it, and then we'll post it on the show. Of course, if you have a question, you have to email me first. The show's email address is steep at myit.com. That's S-T-E-E-P at myit.com. If you're a fan of the show, please fan us on Facebook. We have Facebook sites for both Steeping Around as well as the My tea company and for any past episodes plus some clips that we don't include on the show you can always find every episode and all things steeping around at our website steepingaround.com i'm not going to spell it out though because that's a lot of letters it's beyond you today yes because we'd wind up stepping around so after listening to all of these shows on tea leaf readings i assume that you now want to get your leaves read absolutely One of the reasons why I suggested that Lisa read my leaves is because there are no tea leaf readers here in our hometown of Tucson, Arizona. And I, of course, had posed the question to Amy as to what it takes to find a good tea leaf reader. Let's listen to what she has to say about that. So now let's talk about if somebody wants to get a tea leaf reading. Now, you and I spoke a little bit, and you said that you do not do tea leaf readings remotely. Why is that? It's the energy. I prefer to have the energy of the person in front of me instead of actually trying to do something through Skype. There are readers out there that do readings by Skype, and they are interpreting strictly off of what they're seeing in that cup. I prefer to have the person in front of me so I can give them the most bang-on and honest reading as possible. I'm a traditionalist, I guess you can say. No, that's perfectly fine. I mean, I tend to agree with you. I think that it's beneficial to have that person in front of you. I think you can get some accuracy by being close to the proximity of their energy and their intentions. Absolutely. Um, Things that somebody should avoid or things that people should look for when they are trying to find a tea leaf reader in their area. 
Mm-hmm. That's a good question. I would have to say, do your research. If you got somebody that's got really good recommendations and testimonials, then you should certainly try that person out. But if you're going with somebody that is charging an exorbitant amount of money and they say all these, you know, hokey things on their ad or their website or however you're finding it, go into it with a grain of salt because you might not be getting the real thing. Some people pick up tea leaf reading. They think, oh, yeah, I can just make an extra, you know, a couple of bucks at it. But they're not the real thing. Do your research. Hmm. Okay. So do your research and use your intuition to find somebody who has intuition. Exactly. <laughs> We're going to have to fly you down here to sunny Arizona to see if you can't settle in. And <laughs> we should do that. We should hold a party here. Oh, my God. I would love that because I'm doing most of my work is done at private events and parties and stuff like that. And that sounds like a lot of fun to me. I would love to do that. I would even be open to the idea of teaching a workshop down there as well if you'd like to do that. You know what? Maybe there's going to be some cool things ahead for us. I mean, just talking to you. This is really, really good. Well, I just, I'm so totally enjoying this conversation. Well, Amy, thank you so much for your time with me today. Uh, Manish, this has been awesome. Thank you so very much. Well, since we had that conversation, I am trying to figure out some way to bring her here to Tucson, and maybe that will avoid Lisa having to do a tea leaf reading for me. I think we're going to do it anyway. All right. Well, I mean, I have to get practice somewhere along the line. Might as well be with you. That's right. I'd love to be that guinea pig. It sounds terrifying. At any rate, we'll see if we can get Amy down here sooner than later and have that reading on the air. But in the meantime, we definitely have lots more shows coming up. Of course, this was our 100th episode, so a reason to celebrate. But we're going to celebrate next week with a blooper show, which is hilarious because we've already heard some of the clips that Sarah has so quietly put away for us. Yes, and I actually think she may have a couple more to choose from <laughs> from today's show. Well, I think well. so, because yeah. you're especially funny. And thereafter, we are going to move on to talking about tea and spirituality. We have a wonderful person who lives in this town who is an expert on spirituality. Her name is Lasha Tizer. She's written a book called Tea Here Now. And I think that is going to be a really compelling series of shows that we're going to have coming up. So lots of reason to celebrate in the upcoming weeks. Well, thank you so much for joining me this week, Lisa. You know what? It was my pleasure. And for all of the listeners, by the time you hear this, it'll be just around Valentine's Day, right? Yes, it will be Mm -hmm. around Valentine's Day. So regardless of how you spend this next week romancing, please make sure and spend some time steeping around with someone you love. Cheers. Cheers.